Someone who loves like me Up there on the TV or movie Anything would do Cause I've learned surviving isn't living And we deserve way more than a brief romance On an episode or two That we deserve Something unconventional Hey, 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 Klexiconers! Welcome to a new episode of Unconventional. I am your hostess, Dana Pickley, and we are now only three weeks away from Klexicon London. Do you have your passport? Please tell me you have your passport if you are traveling from somewhere that is not the United Kingdom. Make sure you have your passport. Make sure it is up to date. Double check. You don't want to end up at the airport with an out-of-date passport. That would be terrible. But let's not dwell on that. Let's talk about the really cool new guest announcements that have been announced since we last spoke. That would be Kat Burrell from Winona Earp and Nicole Passant, who is a wonderful actress who starred in the groundbreaking web series, Anyone But Me. Had the chance to meet her. I've I've actually had the chance to meet both her and Kat, and they are two of the most lovely people you could ever dream of having a conversation with so really excited about those two new announcements all right we're getting we're getting down to the nitty-gritty so this episode is going to focus really kind of on you know the logistics of klexicon london and lgbt london so i don't want to babble on too much more so i'm going to let our guests take it away i thought who better to give us the scoop on klexicon London, then one of the three musketeers, one of the organizers herself, your favorite Australian and mine, Danielle Jablonski. Danielle. Hey, Dana. <laughs> I appreciate that intro. You know, Danielle responds to me in person the exact same way with my bombastic energy. <laughs> So, Danielle, I know that you guys have been really hard at work putting together Klexicon London, and which, no easy feat, considering it's on the opposite side of the Atlantic Ocean. So, so talk to me a little bit and tell, let's, let's kind of just go through, like, we've been to Bally's. We've been to the Tropicana. Now, tell us about the Novotel. Novotel is a much smaller space. Um... Uh, we're going to have two floors of space at the Novotel. We'll have our panel rooms and vendor area upstairs. And then we have a downstairs area with a bunch of different rooms for meet and greets, photo ops, um, and all the other things that we do downstairs. So it'll be a fairly compact space. So how will, um, like, say, like the larger panels work out? Like, what's, what's the situation for that? Uh, in terms of the layout, yeah, or just like um, kind of give an idea of like what people can can expect, just so it's I mean, because it can be really overwhelming going to one of these sorts of things, and if you get a absolutely. little bit of a lay of the land, it can be it can help. Totally. So our our featured main stage panels, we have um, a large panel room. It's smaller than uh, the Vegas room, but it's a, a nice size room upstairs. Um, where we'll be doing uh, most of the featured guests and some other panels. Um, And then right next door to that, we have some uh, smaller panel rooms for all of our other panels we have 
um, I think, 30 to 40 different panels at this point. Um, they're all right next to each other, and uh, some of them will be at the same time and some of them will not. So depending on which panels people want to go to, you can just go and line up directly at that panel room. Um, and when you're done, jump over to a different panel or any of the other events that are happening. Well, while this is smaller in scale than the the main conventions in Vegas, I mean, 30 to 40 panels, that's still a lot of panels. It is still a lot of panels. We have a lot of great content, a lot of really cool panelists coming to speak and do workshops, including you. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah, so- that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Dana's doing a workshop, everybody. Um, so there's a lot going on still. So there'll definitely be a lot of things happening, um, multiple things at a time. So you won't always be able to go to every single thing because there are things happening at the same time. You'll definitely want to take a look at the schedule ahead of time, um, see which ones you want to prioritize, um, and make sure that you actually get to those ones on time so that you can see what you want to see. What are some of the things that you're most excited about with Clexicon London? I'm excited about all sorts of things, actually. I'm excited that because we have a smaller space, we'll actually get to meet a lot more people. I'm really excited to have conversations with a lot more people that come. Right, because um, you are have... you're running around like a crazy chicken with your head cut off during Clexicon. Yes. Like, I see you like it's like, like a blur. So you really don't yes. get to have very many conversations. No, we don't at all. So I'm really excited to actually have some more of those conversations and get to meet a lot more attendees this time around. Um, I'm really excited to hear from some of our UK guests about the differences in queer women's representation in the UK um, and hear about some of the panels where we have some UK and some US guests so that we can have some really interesting conversations about the differences and um, what we can learn from each other and how we can be supporting each other internationally. Um, We have a couple of really awesome workshops. Um, I'm really excited about our guest lineup too. Um, It's definitely a lot smaller than Vegas, which was always the plan. Um, But we have some really cool people coming along. Um, And and again, some uh, UK actresses and creators um, that I think is going to be really exciting to hear from. That's really great. And you're going to hear in my next conversation with uh, Carrie from Diva Magazine, we also touch a little bit on the difference between representation in the UK versus the United States. And so I think that's going to be a really interesting Um, meaty topic for us all to be talking about while we're in London? I think uh, representation is very different in different countries. And I think that we do have a lot to learn from each other about how, uh, how did the UK manage to get more queer content on their screens before the US? What had to happen to make that happen? What can we take from that? Um, Where are we at now? Like, I think there's just so much that we can learn from each other because the ultimate goal is really to be getting more positive queer representation on our screens absolutely um and i think that there are so many people have really good input on how we can do that so it's all about having those conversations and making those connections well now i'm even more excited um we're what three weeks away uh right about three weeks yeah oh my god i gotta start i gotta start packing (laughs) (laughs) well thank you so much for for taking the time i know you're super busy the the holly ashley and danielle are they they work so hard and they have these amazing volunteers that work with them as well but these three they work all year round making sure that clexicon wherever it is is an amazing exciting experience and so three more weeks and we get to have another one yay excited it's gonna be awesome cool all right well danielle just remind us where can we find you on social media 
me or Klexicon. Well, I always include the link to Klexicon at the end, but some people just they <laughs> just want to talk to you, Danielle. You know, you're a VIP, you're a very important person. Um, you know, I always forget my Twitter handle. <laughs> <laughs> Um, we're so focused on the the Klexicon account that I kind of neglect my personal account. All right. So um, if, if somebody really needs to get a hold of you, they can just like, hey, Danielle, at, you know, and then like on the Klexicon <laughs> handle, be like, Danielle, I have a question for absolutely. you. Absolutely. Or uh, info at com and ask for me or ask for any of us and you'll always get through to us that way as well. Perfect. Well, I am so pleased that this very busy person was able to take time out of their schedule to talk to me. I'd like to introduce Carrie Lyle, who is the editor-in-chief of Diva Magazine, the leading monthly glossy for lesbian and bi women in the UK and Europe, and happens to be a partner for Klexicon London. Carrie, thank you so much. Thank, Thank you. Thank you for having me. So before we get into all this, tell us a little bit about Diva Magazine. Yeah, sure. So Diva's been around since 1994. Um, We're one of the only magazines for lesbians and bisexual women in the world, Uh, the leading magazine in Europe. Um, And we cover all sorts of things, arts, entertainment, features, news. Um, I've been with the magazine for five years now, uh, and I've been editor for the last sort of 18 months. So it's a dream job for me. And honestly, every day it's just like uh, I pinch myself that, that I get to just write about being gay for a living. It's quite, it's, it's quite a, an exciting one. Now, I heard a rumor that you're actually from Edinburgh. I am, yeah. So what brought you to London? It was the job. Really? Um, yeah, so I studied journalism at uni and sort of tried to make a go for up here. But, you know, I, I wanted to write about what I was passionate about, and that was LGBT culture. And, and to do that, it seemed, you know, there were, well, firstly, there were sort of limited options of where you could do that because LGBT media is a, a kind of a small um, a small world. So I Tell me about it. it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I sort of began my career uh, writing Scottish news for... Um, a publication called Pink Paper, which is sadly not around anymore. Um, and then from there, sort of picked up some other bits and pieces of writing work. And then um, I was offered the, the, a job at Diva, and that meant moving to London. And that was quite a scary thing, um, you know, coming from a fairly small city like Edinburgh, but a challenge that I, like, um, couldn't pass up. And the opportunity to an exciting city like London was just, um, yeah, it was a dream. You're f- Fairly newish to London. Five, well, I mean, five at five years. I mean, don't you kind of consider yourself a Londoner now? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I I, I feel almost a bit homeless, you know, in a way because I'm kind of straddling that um, London Edinburgh life. But um, right. yeah, I, I still feel sort of new to it. I still feel like I'm finding out new things about it all the time. Um, uh, but you always well, London's such a cosmopolitan place, and there's so much happening that. Um, yeah, there's always something else around the corner. It always feels like you're just discovering it for the first time. Well, so tell us a little bit about the LGBTQ friendliness of London. I've um, I've never had any trouble um, sort of being a visibly queer person in the city. Uh, obviously, you know, there's uh, issues around sort of hate crime. They sort of exist anywhere. Uh, but luckily, nothing, nothing, never really had any sort of verbal or physical um, problems. F- feel fairly comfortable holding my wife's hand, walking around like the 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 city and and the kind of suburbs as well. Um, there's a you know a fairly decent scene. Um, like most of the world, I think lesbian bars have kind of 
come and gone, which is a real shame. But there are a few. Um, there's one um, one permanent bar, She Soho, which is a you know really great night out, really great to meet people, meet friends. Um, and there's also lots of parties happening, sort of monthly or bi-monthly parties that happen um, across the city. Um, and there's all you know there's always something happening, whether it's an event or a, you know a club night or things even for people who don't drink or don't you know don't like that kind of scene so um there's definitely something for everyone and, and it is a very friendly place what are some of your favorite lgbt friendly spots like and, and particularly spots that are specific to queer women um oh there's so many to choose from uh, but i think some of the best nights i've had have been at um there's a night called Butch Please that happens. Um, Butch Please. <laughs> Butch Please. So that happens. Uh, I don't, I'm not sure of the frequency at the moment, but I think the, their next part is um, in November. And that uh, happens at um, a place called RVT, Royal Vauxhall Tavern, which is just like the, the coolest little, you know, it is very little. It gets very sweaty and hot in there. Um, but it's uh, that's a really cool spot to hang out. And apparently... Princess Diana once went there with like Freddie Mercury in like the eighties or something. So you know, it's, it's got. Is like, it really like your rich... version of Studio Fifty Four? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I've sadly, never been, but I guess so. Yeah, um, that you know, that's always really great for a night out. And Butch Please is fantastic. Um, there's some other uh, things that I'd give a shout out to. So there's a club night called Aphrodite, which happens in Shoreditch, <laughs> which is fantastic. And again, they've got an event <laughs> The Brits up. love the puns. <laughs> we love the puns. We really, really do. Um, they've got a night coming up. And that's on the 10th of November. So if people are coming across for Eclectic One, I definitely recommend extending their trip and, and staying for that because that's always really good fun. Um, and then another one I love is Boy Box, which is like a drag king night. And that happens at the Glory, which is also in East London. And that the Glory itself is is really fantastic, really welcoming. They've got all sorts of kind of cool queer nights happening, and um, and Boy Box is one of my favourites. What about for the bibliophiles, the, the the book nerds? Any any bookstores or anything like that? Oh, for sure, yeah. I mean, there's there's lots to pick from, but a trip to London I think is not complete without going to Gaze the Word. Um, yes, that's on I Mark, it's on my Mark agenda. <laughs> That's a really, I mean, it's a brilliant bookshop to start with, but um, it's just a great place. The staff in there are so friendly and to, to find out a little bit about the kind of LGBTQ history of, of London, of the UK, you know, they know everything there is to know and they're so friendly, so welcoming, you know, pop in for a cup of tea and a chat and uh, yeah, they'll make you feel right at home. That sounds fantastic. Um, well, London is so full of history, but are there any queer historical spots that people should check out? Um, I think a wander around Soho is kind of like a living history because, you know, there's, there's so much going on. There's so much to see. Um, a lot of it, sadly, is kind of hidden. You know, um, the last year, I think, to mark the... F- 50th anniversary of the partial decriminalization of homosexuality in England and Wales. Uh, there was a kind of limited run uh, LGBT tour that they did of Soho, which I was lucky enough to go on. And it was just really fascinating to see the spots where, um, you know, there used to be like kind of dive bars and secret lesbian hideouts and things like that. And you can still oh, sort of see some. I love of that a good secret lesbian hideout. But again, you know, if you pop into Gaze the Word, you know, and and ask them to sort of point you in the, in the direction of some of the the blue plaques, sort of marking like the likes of Virginia Woolf and things like the the Bloomsbury set, um, that you know, that's a really great thing to do and, and kind of get a sense of um, 
of the, the you know the people who came before us. Oh, that's fantastic. Um, so talk a little bit to me. Obviously, Clexicon is super media and entertainment focused. Can you talk mm. a little bit about queer visibility and entertainment in the UK? It's, I mean, it seems people tend to gravitate towards US shows, but who's really mm. doing a terrific job across the pond? Well, there's actually a new show that's coming out uh, in October, uh, which I think is will be available to watch in the US as well on Hulu. Um, but it's a big deal here because it's going to be on one of our main channels. Uh, and that's Desiree Akhavan's The Bisexual. Yes. Um, so I'm really, really excited about that because it's it's the first time in a while there's been anything on kind of mainstream TV here that's explicitly queer. Um, there's kind of been a move, I think, in recent years towards this sort of incidental gay character. So we have soap operas, um, which I guess you have as well. I don't know if you call them soap operas. Yeah, we but, you know, we so totally like... do, right. Well, you have Emmerdale. <laughs> Emmerdale's a, a big one right now, right? Don't they have a big uh, relationship going on in Emmerdale? Yeah, so they they've uh, you've got Emmerdale and you've got a couple of other like um, kind of soap romances, you know, Coronation Street or EastEnders and things. But but generally speaking, they tend to exist in this vacuum. Like no one else they know is queer, and mm. it's just it doesn't really speak to a lot of people about their lives. I think so. That's really the bisexual is quite an interesting one because it is. I think it's more sort of in in line of uh, the L word or lip service, where it's kind of reflects the communities that we actually live in. Why do you think that is? I mean, I'm just really curious because the UK, Britain, it seems so progressive. And I'm I just, mm. is it, do you think it has to do with the fact that some of your, your channels are run by the government? Like, what, what, what do you think it is? Because I would think that there'd be so much. I think actually it's, it, I think a lot of people think it is a sign of progression to have a character who their sexuality or their gender identity is just part of who they are. And it, you know, isn't. It isn't everything, and and of course it, that's that's true for a lot of people, um, and so you have more and more of these characters and more and more dramas and things, which is which is really great. But I would just like to see them being a little bit more gay and a little bit more, you know. I think you can you can tell our stories and you can um, shine a light on our experiences without it just being a coming out story or you know one of these sort of tragic tropes that we're so used to seeing. Um, so I would like you know to. For sexuality to be a bigger thing, but not it, not for it to be like such a narrow thing, like coming out, for example. So, like moving on to more general storylines, like general like story like like we finally of are... getting to that point where it's it's not about in in the U.S. like it's not about coming out anymore. So we're finally getting there. So, but it seems like you're saying like you guys are a little bit still in that situation yeah i think so i think so i mean like i say there are more and more gay characters and that and that's great but they're just a bit limited and i'd rather have quality over quantity i think and i mean i mean we can only have so many sarah waters miniseries adaptations (laughs) and they only come every few years you know well exactly exactly (laughs) i mean sarah if you're listening sarah please please for the love oh Um, i should also mention we've got uh there's a, a new show that I'm quite excited about. Um, again, I think it's in connect in co- collaboration with uh, HBO, so you'll probably be watching it as well. But the Gentleman Jack um, series is coming next year about Anne Lister. Uh, that's oh. again a, a really huge series that's on our radar, um, starring a, a fantastic British actress called Saran Jones, 
she's you know one of the top actresses here so um that's going to be fantastic and i was on a um a set visit at shibden hall um which is you know uh this sort of stately home that analysts actually owned sort of being there and, and and watching it being filmed was really that was great that's very exciting. I love Ann Lister. And listeners, if you're not familiar with Ann Lister, do some research because she was a pretty incredible figure. Uh, <laughs> and oh, yeah. Didn't yeah. she, uh, she recently received a, a, one of those blue plaques, the historical yeah, plaques? Yeah, she did, yeah. Uh, so there was lots of controversy over that, over the wording on the plaques. I think they called her like a gender nonconformist or something. And, and people said, why, why don't you use the word lesbian? So actually they're changing it now, which is... Uh, it's quite interesting. Oh. Well, so where can our listeners find you and Diva? So you can find me, I'm on Twitter at Siege, S-E-E-J. Uh, Diva Magazine's all over all the socials, at Diva Magazine. Um, so yeah, please come and say hello and, and follow us. We'll be, um, we'll be at Clexicon as well. So if you're there, come and say hello. Thank you so much for, for talking with me. And I can't wait to meet you at Clexicon. Pleasure. I can't wait to meet you either. Thank you so much for this. And that is going to do it for this episode of Unconventional. Thank you so much for tuning in. You can find Clexicon at Clexicon on Twitter and Facebook and all those places you like to find people on social media. And you can find me at Dana Pickley. That's two C's, one L. Our awesome theme music is by Stephanie Berlanga. And you can find her uh, at stephanieberlanga.com. You're going to definitely want to check out her music. It's terrific. And um, until uh, the next time we meet, this is Dana swearing fealty to you. We deserve something unconventional.